0: You are listening to the Captain's Coach Podcast, where we provide top insights into sports leadership to inspire team captains to lead their teams more effectively and help coaches to systematically develop and use them. Now, here's your co-host, Luke Poulos.
1: Has there ever been a time, and either one of you can answer this as well, has there ever been a time one of your teams or, or the program has gone through a time of conflict? And was there anything your captains or some player leadership may have shown through to kind of get the team or the program through that time?
2: I mean, I'll go first. So the funny thing was um, my time as a captain with the Blues, um, our head coach and I didn't get along. We're on the same page um, and we had some conflict going there. And and I believe Maddie was around during this time as a player with me. Um, and it got to the point where he and I needed to have a, a, a very, I'd say heartfelt conversation to each other. And it, it got a little heated to a point And it, his challenge was if I thought I knew better then I should take the team over and, um, at that point in my career, I was very confident with what I was, what my beliefs, and I told him that's fine. If he wanted to step away, I would take over. And, and that's basically how I ended up becoming one of the head coaches of the Blues. I, I had to apply for the job afterwards, but it was that point um, there. And the, the conflict arises I don't believe he bought into me being captain, and I don't think I bought into him being coach. Mm. And that's where we had our struggle, and we never sat down. We never sat down as a coach and captain and had that discussion. We kind of avoided it at all times. We'd still talk about players and we still talk about training and things like that, but we never sat down and and hashed out our differences. Um, So now as a coach, if I feel like the the captain and I are having issues or if I feel like the team is fading away from what I would like and what we're doing, I'll sit down with that captain. And I've had uh, conversations with a couple of my captains about when we're going down rough times, what to do. And a lot of them have – my last two or three captains have been uh, quieter captains, but they lead by example. Mm -hmm. So my, my question then was, what do you do when you get flustered? So, you know, how do you get yourself back to coast? He goes, well, I take a deep breath and I get myself ready. I said, then when you feel a team getting flustered, get them together, have them take a deep breath with you, calm down, and then get them all refocused. And it's amazing watching their expressions to me. Um, uh, about that, and, and understand me that they're they're not the rah rah coaches and fire up and jump yeah. over guys to get them. They were the guys that you know kept the coach took take that deep breath. and next thing right. know, it changed the game up. So it was nice to find that type of thing. So you you really got to have that open communication with your captain. And I believe that my experience as a captain and having that experience with our head coach that year has really helped me out a lot with how I communicate and being more open to it because I wasn't very open as a captain. Um, You know, I look back at my captaincy and I I realize that there's a lot of things I could have done better um, on my point. And I understand that. I think it helps me a lot more as a coach, knowing that the mistakes I made as a captain, how do I make sure that I'm not pushing my captain away or, or keeping him with me too?
0: Yeah. And I would just go from a perspective that's not a, Good part of my coaching career, but I lost a team uh, when coaching. so they lost trust in me. I lost trust in them, and it was all because lack of communication. I didn't have I didn't do a good enough job with bringing the leadership on the field together. Um, and I, I wasn't trying to force it, but I was trying to say, this has been a successful way to win games, my patterns and systems. They were resisting that, and I i didn't have my personal leadership skills weren't good enough, and my interpersonal relationships, I wasn't building them well enough. So I ended up losing the team altogether. Uh, so that communication and that, like Porter was saying, the coach that he had issues with, and the captain didn't communicate well. His organization was strong enough to withstand that friction. The organization and the team that I was coaching was not strong enough to uh, withstand that. So it really hurt the team and the club.
1: Yeah, and I both of those examples – um you know could have had a happier ending for sure but i think the theme of of those two stories and those two examples as well as kind of the theme of this this conversation has been so far is that communication piece and really identifying what role everyone falls into and and chris like you said you know you never had that conversation with your coach about who was the coach and who was the captain and where you guys stood in relationship to each other and where you both stood in relationship to the team. And, and Matt, you, you, know, you say you lost the team in terms of the trust, um, in each other. And, and that, like you said, definitely comes back to the communication and the there's a lot of trust that gets built between a captain and a coach. And if there's no communication, there's no pathway for, for that trust to be built. And so, Matt, how do you, and, and this could be from, from your past experience coaching or or as the, the current role you play as kind of the, the bigger picture program and um, administrative role, but how do you feel you make the biggest impact on the players in your program and their development as leaders?
0: So, it's a big piece of what I'm doing with the Capital Rugby Union uh, as a, the president of the capital rugby union i am less in the day to day like porter is on the field coaching people both right. on the capital select side and club level the, the my mission now is to make rugby as appealing as possible to as many people and in order to do that the leadership and the engagement with players and, and creating opportunity for players and communicating those opportunities for players, coaches, referees, everybody. Um, it's, it. that's where I'm kind of focused these days. And part of that, a big part of that, because most of the people that Porter and I see on the capital selects, the high performance stuff are the strong leaders for each, for all the clubs. So, I'm not necessarily seeing that player who's brand new coming out, Porter seeing that person and trying to influence that person to fall in love with rugby. I'm giving Porter, Porter's president, uh, the clubs, the tools to be as successful as possible. And leadership is a big part of that. And trying to develop that is an ongoing process
1: yeah and I think that definitely plays a huge role obviously the more that a coach is supported by his upper management the more willing he is to support his captains and that is kind of a trickle-down effect in terms of the culture and kind of your overall leadership philosophy so you as as the president of the organization you you have a huge impact and you know this is for for coaches or or athletic directors as well you know it If a coach doesn't feel that support and a and a coach doesn't feel the the points of emphasis as a program, it's hard for him to kind of go against that or or try to reinforce or enforce something that isn't reinforced by the bigger organization. And it sounds like you're doing a great job with that. And and it sounds like Chris feels supported in that role and and there's kind of a, a deep understanding inside of your culture of what leadership means and the importance of it. So Chris, I'll ask you the same question as a coach that's kind of on the field day to day and is in more of the trenches with the players, how do you feel you make the biggest impact on your players and their, and their leadership development?
2: Um, I think for me, the the biggest thing is, is that I trust them once the game starts. Uh, like Maddie said, once the game starts, I'm not, my coaching is done on Thursday night after Thursday's training, my coaching is done. So on Saturdays, my job is to get them warmed up and let them go. And I think, the trust I have in them and just letting them do what they do really well, letting them do the the things that we worked on all week long and letting them be in charge of the game. Um, yeah, and it's taken a while for me. I, you know, at first I wanted to yell at the coach team and things like that and, and yell what I saw and what I wanted to do out there and, and coach like I did in football and baseball. And I found that my players were always a half step slower or not recognizing the things they should have recognized. And it's because, I believe that I was holding them back um, because I kept putting too much of my stuff out there. So I, I, I really had to be able to trust my captains and my other two, my two vice captains on running the game plan and doing that. So my trust in them is the big thing. And, and that goes with how we speak to each other. You know, we come up at halftime and my first thing is, you know, what's working well? What do you want to keep doing? And I, and I let them answer. I let them pull things out. Um, and if I say things, they are we are very comfortable enough that if I say something out and they don't agree with it, they're very comfortable with letting me know what they see. And then we work, if we can't agree on it, then we work to how to find that common ground and how to compromise with each other and find out what's going to work well for, for us as a team and, and what we go through. But I think it's the, the trust I have in them, and that, that starts with training. Uh, we go to training and I have them warm the team up or run a drill or, or give them those things where I'm letting them speak about what's going well, it adds on to that and it builds up their leadership skills because now they're very comfortable with being able to talk to me because there's a lot of coaches that, you know, we grew up, I know for myself as a player, we grew up with coaches telling us and that was it. It was coach talk, you listen, you do. And now it's more, you know, coach and player talk together and figure out a common ground. And I think uh, I've really bought into that and and they understand that and I've I've built that trust with them I'm going from there.
1: Yeah, I know. B- before we started recording, you kind of pointed to that being the biggest change you've seen, not only in sports, but in yourself and your own coaching philosophy, going from kind of that coach dictator, um, my way or the highway, to now being more of that player centric. And as a coach, you're honestly doing just as much listening as you are you know giving out orders and direction and it's so awesome to see that the two of you and, and and the program and the teams that you guys are a part of really put this into practice it's not something that you just preach and that you want to accomplish and you know is part of your quote culture but it really is something that is practiced and lived out day to day on on your big picture as as an organization and on your day to day in the field at practice at games during halftime, every part of your communication, you can see this is this is built into your, your culture and just how you do and how you operate in every piece of, of the game. And what are some, you know, if there's anything we haven't covered yet, what advice would, would you have? And we'll start with you, Matt. What advice do you have for, for either team captains or coaches or program directors that are looking for, for some kind of guidance in leadership development?
0: I would say the on the <clears throat> along the theme that we're talking here, if I was a captain, break down that wall. There is not a separation between coach and captain. They have to say share essentially the same brain. Because they're gonna because having those conversations early on and and if you're a coach, don't shy away from those conversations. Include your captains in that. You were hired or brought on because you know what you're doing. You know how to coach people. Um, you are no longer playing that game. (laughs) The athlete is on the field playing the game. Let them play the game. You give them the tools and resources, whether that be in the weight room, uh, in your drills, in your decision making process. Include them if you're a coach and if you're a captain. I'm, I'm going to say demand. To be included in those conversations um, but i don't know everybody's culture so um, that that's critical and if you are a leader your teammates will know it be that leader
1: yeah i love that 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 piece of advice you know it, it is a constant theme throughout this conversation be included demand to be included and i think that's completely appropriate you know verbiage if your coach is not as comfortable keep pushing don't ask once if he says no, don't ask twice if he says no, keep asking, keep forcing your way into those conversations. If you get turned away, eventually your coach will have to back down because it'll just be too annoying to keep fighting with you. And at a certain point, if you are the leader that you believe you are and and you want to develop yourself and you, you take yourself in the right roles during these meetings, your coach will realize, Hey, you know, why did I wait so long to include you? And, and um, that's a well, would for coaches too, too, being comfortable with that as well.
0: I would say, too, that it doesn't have to be adversarial. And I right. know it come up very much like demanded. But Porter does a great job with his coaching by asking questions. So why can't a player or a captain go to the coach and ask, what, what were you thinking here? And, and getting some understanding.
1: Right, exactly. And, Chris, I know you got uh, an answer for this as well. Yeah, I
2: mean, it, it, it's funny. It's Like I said, uh, I started off as a coach that where I was I was coaching, you were listening, and you were playing. Um, and then, you know, I, I definitely have always wanted to develop myself and become better. And I think what led me to it was I I found out the uh, so the All Blacks is the New Zealand rugby team, and I found out their there 15 principles of what they do for their team. And when I read through those principles, I was like, that's exactly what I want. You know, I want that same thing. And I started reading more and more about, you know, Steve Hansen, their coach, about things yeah. he said, And I had the opportunity to go to New Zealand and work with one of their top uh, Super League clubs, um, the Canterbury Crusaders, and, mm-hmm. and listen to their coaches. And a lot of it goes down to um, really focusing that you're out there for the players and you're out there for them. And, and, you, and they're the ones who are running the game plan and they're doing all the skills and things like that. If they're doing all these things and – if things are working well, then it's easy to do. But when things aren't working well, you've got to be able to look at yourself. You can't just blame the player. You right. can't just say, you're not doing it right. You've got to look at yourselves and, and say, all right, what have I done wrong? So after every match, you know, win, lose, or draw, I ask our coaches, what have we done and what can we do better? Because, you know, we can't just say, well, if he catches the ball, we win the game. Well, you know, what can we do to help that? And so – and that's where we got to find ourselves. The hard part as a coach is um, – taking your pride and putting it in your back pocket, right? You know, because you don't want to say, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not the one who missed the ball. I'm not the one who you're not, but what are you doing to help them succeed? And how can we get them over? Cause a lot of times those players know when they mess up, mm-hmm. you know? they don't need you barking from the sideline or get on them and go, they know they've messed up. What they need is how do we get better? And how do, how, do, how can I help that player improve? So the next time he's in that situation, He knows I'm 100% behind him in that situation, and then he becomes successful and he pushes himself there. So the thing is, you know, I would recommend to any coach or any program or or captain is look at the All Blacks principles and and find those small things. You may not be able to do all 15 because being a professional club, they have that time. But pick out the three, four, five that really pertain to you as um, a club or you as a player. And make sure you do those things and do them really well. Do them 100%. Everything you should do, it should be 100%. Um, with training afterwards, they get to know your teammates, get to know your coaches, all those things. You really got to buy into it and, and go 100% into that. And then, you know, it's the process is tough about players going to coaches, but you got to find out that comfort zone and how you can do it. It may not be the head coach you go to, it may be your position coach. Right. It may- assistant, but find that coach you can speak to and that's your best buy-in right there. You, you speak to them and you'll be able to get your ideas through them. And then what, what's going to be the best thing for a player is he'll get to understand what the head coach is thinking or what the coach is thinking because they'll give him that same kind of feedback going backwards and you know, going into it. And once you understand what's going on, it makes it a lot easier for both of them.
1: Yeah. And I think a, a really good piece of advice for, for coaches in there, Chris, was your, your point about you know being able to step back and and realize that you're not perfect either and yeah. self awareness is such a huge piece of leadership and, and you know one of the other of leadership at the captains coach is that leadership is self expression and and part of that is being able to step back and see how you're expressing yourself to your team and and being able to reflect on on how you've done so and a, I love how you use that, you know, they know they messed up. So, being a coach isn't isn't about being able to point out when a player messes up. You know, that's easy. They can they can figure it out. It's being able to point out where you as a team have contributed to that mess up or contributed to the factors that led to that missed opportunity. Where you guys missed the missed the mark throughout the week, throughout the season, you know, throughout the day at practice facilitating that conversation and letting them understand, Hey, here's where we can improve. Here's what we need to work on. Here are some things we can do differently to not even let that, that opportunity come about for us to miss for it, not even to be an option for us to miss. So I think that's, that, that's a great piece of advice. And, and obviously anytime you're, you're talking to some rugby guys, the all blacks are going to come up and I was waiting (laughs) for when that was going to happen. I uh, recently finished listening to uh, legacy which is the the story of the All blacks and I highly recommend it for for anyone out there who's in sports and wants any advice for what a great program dynasty leadership you know culture uh, it, it probably is the best book out there there's a uh, Richie McCall is is the captain of, of the All Blacks for an extended period of time and he's one of the, the 19 18 or 19 captains of the greatest sports dynasties of all time, according to uh, an author that I've had on the show, Sam, Sam Walker, who wrote the book, The Captain Class. And again, one of the greatest examples of leadership and just a culture that pumps out leaders all across their program. Um, so great advice from both of you and, and can't think of a better program to, to look to across all sports for that example. Um, before I take too much of your guys' time for the rest of your evening, Um, you know, one of my favorite questions, I always say that I get a different answer every time I ask it. So it'll be good to hear two different answers right now, back to back. So, uh, Matt, we'll start with you. What is your definition of leadership?
0: I think my, well, I don't think my definition of leadership is clear vision and communication. The leader has to know what the end goal is. What, what is the outcome we're trying to do? And if you're a coach of a team, That's going to change every year. Like every year, everybody wants to win a championship. But is the vision really to win a championship? Is it or is it to develop young men and women into something? Is the goal to develop and contribute to the sport on a greater level? Whatever that vision is, be clear on that. And then uh, communicate it at every opportunity. So there is no question about where you're going or why you're doing something so as Simon Sinek would say know your why
1: I love it I love it and, and, and another great author and, and thought leader out there in in terms of leadership and definitely something that we've touched on in a variety of ways is that communication and having a common goal and a common picture again in the military we refer to it as a, a common operating picture making sure everyone's on the same page across the board not just at their level but at, at all levels um, so love the love the definition and, and kind of the principles that that guide it for you, uh, Chris. Do you have a, a definition of leadership?
2: Um, you know, especially being being a school teacher and, and being a coach, it, it all comes into. I think the biggest thing about leadership is is being able to get everybody to buy into what you want to do, from the most skilled and top players or best teachers all the way down to the, the, the lower-skill players or brand-new players, do you think? Get everybody to buy into it and, and find out and do the program that you want to put together. Um, and you should kind of be able to talk to all of them. I mean, communication, Maddie knows it, and he and I talk about it constantly. Communication is big, so you got to be able to talk to all your players. But if your leadership is, is getting everybody to buy into what you want and getting them all to put 100% into that.
1: I love it. And yeah, that's kind of the second piece. Once you have that vision, um, to have the, the leadership and, and the force within your team and your program to kind of bring that to fruition, getting everyone on board, uh, to kind of buy in obviously is, is a huge piece. Like we said, at the beginning of the show, it's kind of what, what we started with that, that everything rises and falls with the leadership of a, of a team and, and of a program. Um, and then one last question before I let you guys go is, is what is a, uh, a book that you most often recommend to your players or other coaches?
2: Um, I, for me, I, I don't know if it was a book, but it, it, it's definitely the reading the, um, the, the All Blacks Principles, reading the, the All Blacks stuff. It was To me, it was a game changer for me about how I approach it. So um, it, it's the 15 All Blacks Principles or, or How to Become a Leader with the All Blacks Way that's what I would recommend. I would take a look at that and, and go through with it. Like I said, the, the 15 principles they build on, you can you may not do all 15 or you may not have the time to do all 15, but there are four or five you can pick out that will definitely help you um, build your program and definitely build the leaders around uh, around you that you want. So I would recommend anything into the, the All Blacks principles and go from there. Yeah,
0: that's a great one, and I would – you know, there's so many books out there. I, I really enjoyed, like, uh, the Simon Sinek and Know Your Why and a lot of those business management stuff. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to take it a little differently. And I'm going to say the movie Unforgiven with Clint Eastwood, the best line in that movie is, deserves got nothing to do with it. <laughs> so, and the point is, everybody earns what you're getting. So if you put the work in, whether you're a coach, a captain, and kind of like me, a role player when I was playing, you put the work in and you earn everything. All positive and all negative.
1: I love that. It's a great. It's a great quote to go with <laughs> to end off here. Deserves got nothing to do with it. I love it. Well, thank you both, Chris and Matt, for for joining me on on today's episode of the Captains Coach Podcast. Definitely a lot a lot of great insight into building a great program and, and effectively usually utilizing your captains on, on a very specific level and, and how to include them and, and promote communication across the board. So thank you again for your time this evening. It was a pleasure speaking with both of you tonight.
2: Uh, thanks for having us on. It was uh, definitely, uh, like I said, you learn every time. So I got to learn a little bit more uh, from tonight and I do appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Thank you very much. Nice meeting you. Good luck to you and Ben on the endeavor and um, we're here for you. If you ever need anything.
1: Awesome. Appreciate it guys. Maybe we can do this again in the, in the future sometime. Have a good one.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening to the captain's coach podcast with Luke. If you liked what you just heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes And check out our website at captainscoach.com. Join us next time for another edition of the Captain's Coach Podcast.